0: Thank you for downloading this message from Roots Community Church. We pray that you are encouraged by the word. If you are looking for more information, please visit us at rccphoenix.com. Well, um, just first of all, let me uh, say I'm finding a little bit of a cold, so if you can bear with me. That's why I sound like, you know, a very large bullfrog at the moment. Um, So sorry you can laugh. I know I sound like a bullfrog. What I really sensed as I was praying this week for what the Lord wants to kind of wants us to share and kind of dig into the next several weeks here is um, some uh, some basic things. And so today I want to talk about prayer. I think this, this is going to last maybe two, maybe three weeks, um, because as I got into my study this past week, there's just so much, so many different layers that I want to try to communicate to us about prayer. Now, you could be looking at me and going, Matt, I've been saved a long time, or I go to church a long time. And... I know we're supposed to pray yeah okay cool can we go on to other things but it's really important that we understand what prayer really is what it isn't and that how it works because um from i'm very very um uh very sure that my legalistic background that when i grew up in church how i was taught about prayer is not what the scripture says about prayer so we want to we want to get into that a little bit tonight so um, we'll, we'll talk about prayer probably probably at least for two weeks, maybe three going forward, um, so you can uh, know that that's coming down the road. So um, your first line on your notes right there is, knowing about God, about God, and knowing God are two different things. Knowing about God and knowing God are two different things. Here's what I mean when I say that you'll find, especially today, where there's a lot of um, videos of people who are anti the gospel or, or you know anti Christianity. I guess we can go as far as to say anti Christ. They're they're all about God, but they don't want the Jesus part of it, right? Um, what we can say is, and we know definitively, is that they take um, they they actually go to the scriptures to try to find inconsistencies and try to find arguments and things like that. So you can go into the scripture and read it. And you can go through some of these um, some of these concepts and principles, but you can do that without knowing Him. You understand what I'm saying? So you can read about God without actually knowing Him. And I want to be really clear before we get started that it is our job to know God. There is a couple of years ago there was a survey. Um, it was probably two years ago that I read it. Now two or three years ago that said most people who call themselves Christians, only 25% of them believed you could know God and that he was concerned about what you did on a daily basis, between 25 and 30%. The other 70% believed he was out there. Um, he created us and left. He doesn't, he's doesn't. he got other big things to, to navigate besides, besides just what um, we have to deal with in our life. So he, he's kind of disjointed, disconnected. And I'm here to tell you that the scripture that we have Tells us something completely different. Now, the very first step to knowing God—the next line on your on your paper there—the very, the, the very first step to knowing God is being saved. Being saved, you are born again. You are become a believer in Christ. You are um, submitted your life to Him. And so, I, 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 you know, it's kind of stuff that probably a lot of us already know. But here's a—I want to—I want to make this really clear. Okay, this next line on your on your notes. Until we become believers in Jesus Christ, the only, uh, next blank is God, little g, the only God we have a relationship with is the God, little g, of this world Mm -hmm. or the God of self. Until we become believers in Jesus Christ, the only God we have a relationship with is the God of this word or the God of self. We will serve a God. Man will serve a God, period. Whether it's the God of self, it's the God of this world, or the one and only God of the universe, or some false God. But man will serve a God. Even the people who say, man, I don't do any of that. I do my own thing. You're worshiping yourself. You have assumed the throne Of your own life, you are taking the position of God. You with me? Um, And knowing God, having a relationship with Him, and actually getting to know Him as an individual, as a being, as a person, as our Father is scriptural. Philippians 3, 8 through 11. They're on your notes here. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake I have discarded everything else, counting it all as garbage, so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law, rather I become righteousness through faith in, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him sharing in his death so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Here, Paul is telling the Galatian or the Philippian church, their Gentile people, that you can know God and his own desire is to know God. And he's trying to communicate God can be known. He's not just out there somewhere. He's not just this being that's distant from us, unconcerned about what's happening in your life. You can know him. He designed you to know Him. In Genesis, what happened with Adam and Eve? They walked, literally walked with God in the garden because there was a desire for a relationship from God and from the people to know Him. That is how we are designed to know Him. When The the next line on your notes, when the, this submission happens and we are made new or born again, our affections, our affections begin to change. Your purpose and work, relationships, family, and life in general begins to shift when you have a moment of submission to Christ. You submit to him and all of a sudden these things that you wanted to do, you kind of don't want to do anymore. You're like there's you might have a physical appetite for him, but you're saying, Man, I, I really kind of there's something I want to kind of move away from that. I there's there's something in me that says, Hey, let's steer this direction. Your affections change when we submit to Christ. The most important thing I want us to see in that scripture is that we can know God. Think about that for a second. The God who created everything, all the planets, all the heavens, all the earth, all the building blocks that we build things here with, the trees, the bushes, the animals, us. He can be known and wants to be known. We could like stop right here and do like a little Jericho march around the, like an old school Jericho march around the house because that's so exciting. You can know God, you can know him, know his character, what he likes, what he doesn't like, what he, what he wants for your life, how he designed you. You can get to know him. Um, so we're gonna talk about prayer. And so I wanna talk about what is prayer. So the next line on your notes, all right? Prayer is talking to God. Pretty simple. Talking to God. Prayer does not have to begin with, I beseech thee, Father, with the holiness of thy word to come and descend upon your children. You know, and talk in the Queen's English, right? You don't have to do that. Driving home today, sitting here in this room, God, help me, is a prayer. God, I want to know you. God, I saw something when I read your word today. You said something to me. Thank you for that. This is prayer. And this is how we can, which we'll get into in a couple weeks, but this is how we can know that what the scripture means by praying continually doesn't mean just start and it never stops. Have a constant dialogue with your creator. You can talk to him anywhere. Prayer is not, on your next line on your notes, prayer is not meditation or passive reflection. Prayer is not meditation or passive reflection. Let's go to the next line on your notes. It is direct access to our creator. Again, let's stop for a second and think about that. It is direct access to the Creator. He did not leave us as people who are like, hey, I did all the work, now figure it out. Here's a book, and, and just, you know, if you have any questions about it, just figure it out amongst yourself, I'm done. No, He's given us His Word, which we have to prioritize, but we have to know Him. We know it through His Word and through prayer. We have to talk to Him. And it is direct access to him. He wants to be involved every day. I saw this definition and I threw it in here because I, I really like it. It's the next one on your notes. Prayer, it is the communication of the human human soul. Hi. It is the communication of the human soul with the Lord who created the soul. He did not give us a soul. And again, he did not step away from us. He's giving us the direct access and a way to communicate between our soul and the creator, and the one who created us. It is the way we talk and communicate to God and should be heavily relied upon to build our relationship with him. So tonight I want to focus on one Scripture in particular, James 5, 13 through 18. We're going to read it here, and then we'll go through five points real quickly um, before we wrap up tonight. James 5, 13 through 18. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? Yes. You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith, will heal the sick, and the Lord will make you well. And if you have committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you you may be healed. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then, when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. Point number one, there on your notes. We are commanded to pray. We are commanded to pray. Let's look at the first words of, the first nine words of this passage. Are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Now, this is a pretty given, right? Like we should go, well, oh, if I'm having a hard time, I pray and ask God that kind of help me. And yeah, I already do that. Well, um, I am an example of someone who did not do that. So I don't wanna assume that every person defaults to prayer. I remember facing, remember thinking that when I faced hardships in my own life, I thought it was a test from God to um, see if I could handle the weight or the responsibility or the, or the push that needed to happen later in life I thought it was a test for him to say I'm gonna put all this weight on you and can you carry a boy mm-hmm. and then if I said yes I got it he could go okay then I know I can trust you you're not gonna break down and I'm gonna go down the road and give and make something else that's gonna be a bigger thing for you to carry I thought this was a great thing until a family member of mine a few years ago uh, told me he made this statement he said Matt you are one of the strongest people I've ever met if not the strongest person I know And for about three seconds, I was like, heck yeah, yes, thank you. That's awesome. And then he said, then that's not a compliment. (laughs) Because you have desired to carry everything on your own strength and and in a way shown that you're incapable of doing it. My default position when I went through struggles was to um revert to self-discipline self-effort self self strength pushing through it carrying the load trying to prove to god that i was somebody he could trust later on in life and what i missed was the first nine words of the scripture when you're going through hardships you should pray that's a obvious point but it actually is a revelation of how our hearts are conditioned. It's a revelation of how our hearts are positioned. If our default position is to self, to rely on ourself, to go back to self-discipline, to carry the load on our own, to prove to somebody else or prove to God that we can handle it, we are um, actually showing that our reliance is not upon God; it's upon ourselves. When we pray, when we're, and the next line in your notes, when we default to prayer in rough times, we show that our heart is truly reliant, truly reliant on Christ. Point number two. Prayer must be joined with faith. Prayer must be joined with faith. I underlined that um, right in the middle of that passage in James. Such a prayer offered in faith will hear the sick, will heal the sick. When we pray, we must believe and have faith that the one we are asking and petitioning has the absolute power to do what we're asking of him. So, what does it mean to have faith when you pray? Does it mean that, oh, Um, I'm praying for fill-in-the-blank, and I believe it's going to happen. No, that's what we call faith in faith. We cannot have faith in faith. What our faith has to be in is in the one that we're asking the question to. When we're petitioning and asking the Lord for something, we have to realize that He is the one that has all the power. And our faith is in Him that we are heard because we see it in His Word, that we are heard, and when we ask according to his will, that he will not withhold any good thing from us. So the faith is that we're heard and that the one who has absolute power, the one we have direct access to, can and will do every good thing for his children. That's the faith that has to be joined with prayer. James 1, earlier in the book of James, chapter five or chapter 1, verse 5 through 8. In the- I'm going to read it in the message paraphrase because I like how it words it here. If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help, and you'll get His help, and you won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Ask boldly, believingly, without a second thought. People who worry their prayers, worry their prayers are like wind-whipped waves. Don't think you're going to get anything from the Master that way. A drifted sea Keeping all your options open. What we're trying to get out of here, and what I believe that James is trying to get us to understand is this. If we go in and say, well, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to be like, hope this works, then we dissolve the faith element. I'm putting all my eggs in his basket. I'm not divvying up I hope this works, but I'm going to try four other different things outside of prayer to maybe get what I'm after. No. Our prayer prayed with faith gets to Him. And when we worry our prayers, when we continue to be worried, and, and, and we kind of diversify what we, what we want to do and what we're trying to get by asking God but also doing all these other things on our own self-effort, it says we can't expect to get anything with that approach point number three the earnest prayer of a righteous person is effective the earnest prayer of a righteous person is effective now what I want to do is you may have heard this in like in the old King James like me Um, The effectual fervor and prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Like you may have heard it like that. Um, So what I want to do is I want to get into what this means. So I want to pull out our tool. What does that mean? And I'm going to dig in a little bit. And I want to define these words, earnest, righteous, and effective. And I want to read the scripture again with the definitions in place, okay? So part of my study um, for getting ready is I read commentaries. From scholars and people who are as much as several hundred years ago to people who are contemporary today, so um, this particular one, Barnes' Commentary of the Bible, had a great—I'm not going to get into all the all the details that he kind of he drugged us through—but he doesn't like. Um, he thinks that there's a better translation for the word "effectual" or "earnest," and here it is. The kind of prayer referred to here, the earnest prayer, is not listless, indifferent, cold, lifeless, as if there were no vitality in it or power, but that which is adapted to be efficient, earnest, sincere, hearty, and persevering. Earnest, sincere, hearty, and persevering. So when we read that earnest prayer, that's what it means. Sincere, hearty, and persevering. Okay, the word righteous, the next thing in your notes, is uh, come from the word, I'll spell this for you because I'm sure I'm gonna butcher it. Uh, it's a Greek word D I K-A I O S. The kaios. It means use of him, um, use of him who is way of thinking, feeling, and acting is wholly conformed to the will of God. The word effective, I'll spell this one for you too, I-S-C-H-U-O, I-S-C-H-U-O. It means to have power, to have strength, to overcome. So now with those definitions, let's reread the scripture with the definitions in it, okay? The passionate, earnest, sincere, and persevering prayer of those whose way of thinking, feeling, and acting is wholly conformed to the will of God has power and strength to overcome. The passionate, earnest, sincere, and persevering prayer of those, who, those whose way of thinking, feeling, and acting is wholly conformed to the will of God has power and strength to overcome. There are some qualifications here that are lined out for us that we need to have when we go in to pray and want that power, okay? Earnest, sincere, persevering. Someone who is acting, thinking, and feeling in a wholly conformed to the will of God attitude. So if we will pray in that way with a heart and a life that is fully and wholly submitted to God, the prayer of that person is highly effective and will overcome strongholds. So there is there is a a little bit of a list for us to go through here to say, am uh, am I that kind of submitted to Christ? Am I the person that is submitted like that to God? Am I the person whose thinking, feeling, and acting is wholly conformed to His will? When I pray, is it earnest, sincere, persevering, and passionate? What I want to encourage you today is this. When you talk to God, when you pray, do not pray timid. You can boldly approach the throne of grace in your time of need. All of us as believers can walk right up into our dad's office and say, Dad, I need to talk for a minute, and everything else can stop, and he can talk to you at any point in time through His Holy Spirit. It's a genius plan. Absolutely genius. Absolutely genius. Pray with absolute certainty that the one we're asking has all the power. We are His children, and if we are asking what is good of Him and according to His will, then He will not withhold it from us. There are some people who may ask this question, but Matt... Who am I to ask anything of God? Who am I to ask anything of Him? Uh, Who are you? You're His child. You're His child. Number four will answer this question as well. Number four. God answers prayers for all types of people. God answers prayers for all types of people. In that scripture that we just read in James chapter 5, it says this, Elijah. You remember Elijah? Call down fire from heaven onto the altar, making fun of the prophet, prophets of Baal. Remember that Elijah? Where is your God? Is he down in the is he down in the um, is he in the bathroom? You're cutting yourself. You're moving all around here. You're doing all this dances. He waited for hours and hours and hours. And then he soaked his sacrifice and asked God to pour down fire from heaven. That Elijah? Listen to what, what we find out from James about Elijah. Elijah was as human as we are. Let's just stop right there for a second. Elijah had to go to the bathroom, just like you. He had to get up in the morning, and just like you. He got tired from walking, just like you. He had to deal with his kids, just like you. He had to deal with his family, and his parents, and his grandparents, and his nieces and nephews, and all. just like you. He had to deal with the exact same thing. He had to use the spray in the bathroom, just like you which is a a kind of a kind way to say his crap stinks just like yours, right? Like, Elijah was as human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly, earnestly, there's that word again, that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain, and the earth began to yield its crops. I was um, part of a ministry in Texas, and we had a, it was a, it was a, a church plant and we were having um uh, we were kind of navigating a whole bunch of things that we needed to do and um uh, we we had a staff meeting on a wednesday and so we had service on sunday and everybody was off on monday and on tuesday we we figured out that in this big old huge building that just had been built there were multiple air conditioning units that just went out And so we didn't know what to do because we didn't have the money to fix it. We didn't know how we were going to be able to navigate it. We had people that we were trying to serve well. And we were like, man, does anybody got a credit card? Can we put it on there? Do we know anybody who does these repairs or anything like that? And so in our Wednesday staff meeting, we just stopped for a second and said, you know what, let's a couple of us just stay here and let's ask the Lord. Let's pray and see what he wants us to do. We'll sweat it out for him. I don't know if the people coming are going to like that very much, but we don't care. You know, let's just figure out what we want to do. So we prayed and asked the Lord to, you know, show us something, provide for us for some way. And we walked out of the staff meeting. Um, that was much too long, by the way. They were all too long. Um, that was just a side note. Sorry, I just had a flashback right there. My bad. Um, we went out of this meeting, walked down a hallway, and we went out to the front of the building. Uh, as soon as we got there, a FedEx truck pulls up. This guy jumps out and says, "Hey, is this uh, this address?" I'm like, "Yeah." And they're like, here, sign for this. So we signed for it and he gave me this overnight envelope. And so I was like, what is this? And I opened it up and there was a letter inside from somebody that we knew um, who didn't live in Texas, but, but, um, he said, um, uh, hope you guys are doing well. Uh, I just wanted to send this to you. It was a check for $25,000 and so we could all my the old part of me would be like 25 grand yes you know what i mean like get back on the keyboard you know like let's move an organ in here and wow yeah like yeah we all get all excited and stuff 25 grand, 25 grand. that's not the reason i told you the story us failing to start a church um needing needing something from the lord prayed and asked Him, and he answered our prayer So I called the gentleman who sent him to thank him for the money, to tell him, hey, man, this was very timely for us. Thank you so much. It's a little bit over what we need to fix all these AC units, but, you know, we'll put it to good use other places. But here's what he told me. He said, Matt, I was praying on Monday, and the Lord told me to do this. I was praying on Monday, and he told me to do this. The AC units went out on Tuesday. He went and overnighted the check on Tuesday, so get it to us on Wednesday when we prayed about it. Before we even knew we needed it, God was moving in some other way that we couldn't see and we couldn't fathom and we couldn't orchestrate to meet our need knowing that we were about to ask Him. He is operating for you and on your behalf. When we ask for things according to His will and that are good, He will not withhold them from us. He, when the Bible says He knows what you need before you even ask Him, that is what He's talking about. He's putting things into place, moving on hearts, to help the prayer that you've been asking, the petition you've been making to Him, come to pass before you even pray for it forget the 25 grand that blows my mind that makes me go I want to serve this God I want to submit to this God because he's operating things for his kids orchestrating back and forth like you can't believe and you're not even gonna see it until After your prayer has been answered, how he orchestrated all of it, that's the God you serve. Number five, our last point, and we'll wrap it up. Prayer has power because of who we pray to. Prayer has power because of who we pray to. I was told um, years ago. I heard a statement that said, "Prayer moves the hand of God." And what I didn't realize is that was actually a derivative of a normal, as a normal, um, as, a, as a previous saying that actually went, um, "Prayer moves the arm." Of the arm that moves the world I want to push back on the idea that um, prayer moves the hand of God and here's why I want to push back on that idea it's almost as if we're saying if you pray when you pray you kind of pick up God's hand and move it no that's not what happens the power of prayer is is in the one we're praying to. When we pray, we're going to the all-powerful, almighty God who has all power in the entire universe and can easily do what we're asking for. The reason our prayer has power is because he's the one who has all the power and we're asking him to move good according to His will, on our behalf. I don't, I want to take away some of the idea that we got the ability. Like I heard, I, was, I cringed when I heard this the other day. Somebody said that somebody walked in and, you know, they were doing this event, a gospel event to reach people outside and they said, um, they're all praying to, you know, have the, have the, uh, uh, the weather because it was about to rain coming in and some, some lady stood up and said God I command you to stop that I just went Ooh. who are we to command him these words that I read today in scripture don't say anything about commanding him it says petition him as someone who submitted to him persistently, continually going on and on and on, passionately going after Him and saying, Lord, is this according to Your will? I would like this to happen. I want this to happen. I'm asking for these things to transpire. I'm petitioning You for these things. But it works because He's all-powerful not because we commanded him or we prayed and picked up his hand and he put it somewhere. Or we picked it up and put it on the thing that we were praying to because you have the power because, my friend, you do not. Neither do I. Do you think that fire fell when Elijah asked for it because he had the power? We just read he was just like us, just as human as all of us. God at that moment decided that through him I'm going to show out so when we're asking God to answer our prayer we're asking him to show out so that he looks good and not us there are moments you're going to pray and ask for something and he's going to say no so that prayer right there doesn't move the hand of God. He's going to say no. It's not according to His will and it's not good and He's not going to give it to you. You're going to have to use that faith, that prays to Him when He says no, to say, okay, I'm trusting that you are good and you have a perfect will and I'm going to trust in that. I'm going to have a belief in that. There's no power in ourselves. It all resides with Him.